Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, wherever you are, namaste, shalom alaikum, salam alaikum, and good evening. We are honored and blessed to have with us this evening joining us, Pastor Keaton Austin. And uh, he is going to be sharing with us his life story and some of the important uh, aspects of religion that he finds um, upsetting to him with a recent uh, incident that happened in Jamaica. Yes. So Pastor Keaton, how have you been? I've been fine, Chaplain Abbey. I'm trying my best to do everything by the grace of God and give God thanks, you know, for trying my best to do what I'm supposed to do as a preacher. As a preacher and as a worker as well. So you have a construction business. How has that been during COVID? You know what? The construction business is uh, we're trying to overcome, the, overcome everything. It's a little bit slow, right? We're trying to pick up, you know. And uh, everything is fine. I believe everything will work out okay down the road, you know. We just have to work to work. So tell me a bit about yourself, and since our audience will hear about your life story, uh, where did you grow up, and how was it like? I grew up in uh, British Guyana. Yes. Uh, my father was a preacher. My mother, she was a preacher. She was a, a Christian too. Right. And uh, I grew up in British Guyana. I grew up away in the church. Right. And my father leave Guyana. I grew up inside the church when I come to Canada, right? I was in Guyana, I was in the church, and when I come to Canada as a young man, as a child of between, between 12 years old, I, come, I migrate to Canada. So, so you were saying that you were born in Guyana and you grew up in the church. Yes. What, what was your experience like going to school and going to church in Guyana? Did you face any difficulties? Yes, some yes, we face difficulty in some of the schools, or we face difficulty in the church. Right. Because of certain, everybody have their own beliefs and their own doctrine, and you, face, you must have to face sometimes something down the road, right? Some, a lot of stuff down the road, you have to face right? And I learned from that. Share with us some story from your childhood in Guyana. You know, you know what, you know what, for my childhood in Guyana, it was rough, right? It was a rough life in Guyana when I was young, growing up in Guyana before I leave to come to Canada, right? And my childhood was, was, was okay until I come to Canada, and it was much better when I come to Canada. Right? So did you face any challenges in school here in Canada? No, not really. No, we didn't. I didn't face. Yes, I have racism inside the, inside the school over here, right? You didn't have a lot, right? Because I expected racism inside the inside the Canada school, right? Only we overcome it in a different way in Canada, right? So you I, entered high school um, and university. When I when I faced that challenge, I used to get angry, and I used to. Last year, then my father sent me back home. Until I grew up, right, then I come, then he, then he bring me back up in Canada. So you went back, back to Guyana? 
yeah. He didn't want me to find myself in trouble with that. So that was to avoid getting involved in gangs and, and, and violence. Yeah, and, and getting involved with, with the police because I used to like fights. Yes. I used to like fights, right. And I had some cousins who were boxers in the days, back in the days. Our cousin was clean and then he was a boxer. All of us used to like to pick up the gloves and fight and we get ready, right? Far and we fit in what we do. Well, that's a good thing. You'll be the Muhammad Ali or Lennox, Lennox Blackmore, but Lennox Blackman of Guyana. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know Lennox Blackman when I was a young man, when I was a young guy in Guyana. He's not too, used to, not too proper. Okay. I mean, my family used to get a lot. Now, growing up um, in Guyana, but you came back to Canada as a young man, did you go to university or college or high school here? No, when I came back up here, I went right away and work, and then after I went to a welding school, I picked up trade. Welding school, pick up trade. Wonderful. And uh, so when did you uh, decide to enter into the pastor um, ship? My father was in it already. And then I leave, I leave, I leave the church because I didn't like what was going on. I didn't like it. And I just leave it. So I had enough of it when I was a young man. And then God called me back into the, into the body of Christ. Right. Very interesting. So you were a DJ as well at one time? Yes, yes. So yes. Did, did you have any um, good memories of DJing? and uh, Or do you have any things that happened in the, in, in the club there you got involved? Or you know what? Most times we used to DJ in basement. Most time was basement. Right. When we come in, I come to Canada with basement, we used to play. Right. Underground music. Yeah, underground music. Right. A lot of us used to be in basement. A lot of Jamaicans used to be in the basement keeping parties. Right. Now you have a connection with Jamaica, and I always thought that you grew up in Jamaica, but I think your mother um, yeah. is Jamaican. Yes, yes, so, yes. So she, my, what go on, right? My biological mother, right, was Guyanese. Yes. My father married the Jamaican lady. And she adopted me and my sister from since was young. Right. Since she was like about, about six, seven. Wow. Right. Quite young yeah. then. And you got Jamaican and that, uh, ad lady ad adopted you. And yeah, and of course, uh, she passed away. Yeah. Um, and I attended her funeral. And uh, there were lots of accolades and compliments that she was a woman of Christ. And yeah. she used yeah. to serve everybody and cook and feed. So did you, now you are serving um, your Lord uh, through volunteering, helping youths, giving out hampers to seniors, driving, fighting against racism, you're going to the prison, you've been doing work like this. Did she inspire you to do this? Yes, she and my father do inspire me to do this. Tell us a bit about your father. My father was, uh, was uh, my father, Percy Austin, right? He was, uh, he used to work in Guyana one time. He was a custom officer, right? And then after he leave and migrated to Canada. And when he leave and migrated to Canada, it's the one thing what he did, 
he just starts to speak to when he meets the challenge and he says, that was it for him with any life that he want to live. He changes, he changes life around, give himself to Christ, and convert it to Christianity. Right. And uh, he, was a, he was a good person. He was a person who was, was very blunt, was a nonsense person. I have family, yeah, these cousins them in Guyana. These cousins them like Ashton Chase and those guys. Rex McKay and those guys. And then Lockwood them, they were this cousin. Lockwood and Ashton Chase, yeah. yeah. There was this cousin from his, from his mother's side. And my father have Indian in him. Right, my, my, grand, my grandmother from India. Yes. And my father is from, uh, from South Africa. Wow, Indian and African. What a beautiful blend. So yeah. tell me a bit now of the work you've been doing with the youths in Toronto and uh, what are some of the challenges? Right now, the challenge, the challenge right now is for the government to try to help the youth there. They need more help in, in the community. Right. I see a lot of organizations is popping up there and then they get what they want in the league. I'm one, one preacher who have Young Life Mother Outreach Ministry. It's here to stay, here to fight for the young people and believe in the young people. But the young people are very good. Some of them willing to learn, some of them willing to change their life for us. And we have to give them a chance to do what they're supposed to do in the community. And I think right now, the government should change up certain type of things and put the young people in a lot of trades. Uh, some kids are not book smart. They're, they're, they're smart with their hands. That means then you just change things to suit them. Put them in trades. Make them get jobs in the construction, in the construction field. Make them turn a proper welder, plumber. Whatever they wanted to do, they could do it. If the government puts certain resources and start putting blockchain in the way. Right, just put it there and let them get able to get to do what it's supposed to Vocational yeah. schools, yes. Hands-on. Yeah, I know I, I read a report about that where boys uh, and girls they're given the same curriculum. Yeah. But boys learn differently and girls learn differently. So and then people of uh, different um, of racialized communities, they have their own culture and their own way of learning yeah. and doing things. Um, they're not always um, lucky to have businesses hand over, hand on to them yeah. and uh, funds um, uh, compared to many Canadians who have been living here for centuries. Yeah. Um, but coming back to your work, you were there uh, the very first instance when Muhammad Zafis was killed at Ayabo Mosque, and uh, you have been part repeatedly of such um, vigils. Um, Muhammad Chowdhury um, uh, and uh, the London family and all of that. What do you what do you make of the current situation of racism that we are faced with in our community, where people actually lose their lives? The government needs to change. Everything against racism. Right. The federal government needs to stop talking and put action in place. Put laws in place. If a person 
that do racism or to next person vandalize any any property, any uh, any churches, any mass, anything with a vandalize. Automatic is supposed to get jail time. So you're vandalizing secret 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 property. What what is up for God, right? And we need not to play with it. We need not to sugarcoat it. We need to be blunt. Racism is racism. Right? Can racism across the board? If anybody gets racism. That is not right. For, for be to be a racist against a person of a different uh, different uh, different uh, different different culture. Up to last week, a, a mosque was vandalized by a man. And he's been charged for that. The, the Tariq Mosque of the 400. It was uh, he around Where? the night night prayer. Uh, that is in Scarborough? No, that is in North York. Uh, it was in the news last week. Um, Imam Imran Ali was on CTV talking about it. Yeah. Around um, Isha time, which is like the 8 o'clock prayer in the night, a uh, man came, threw a big stone on one of the windows of the mosque. And he left, and the caretaker he saw it, and they called the police. And the man is now being charged. But can you imagine that uh, this is still going on despite of all the vigils and the government passing bills and the police getting more funding for fighting uh, these kinds of racist crimes? We still are faced with this. What else can we do? I know you run for a city councilor in that area. In Rexdale yeah. area, which, and you try to help the youth there as well. Tell me what else uh, you think should be done at this time. What else should be done right now is to educate people against racism. Zero tolerance against racism. Right. We should we should look at the at the rather part of it. As the my God. People is racism, racism, and they don't show it They're in the closet. They're very racist. They don't show it in public. They show it when the when the when they were the force of the stuff. Yes. Now there's some uh, a serious incident happened in a church in in Jamaica recently, and it has caused uh, quite a furor and ruckus on the media and uh, made international headlines. Tell us what happened and why it has upset you so much as a preacher man with background from Jamaica. You know why, what is, why it's upsetting me with it because I've seen that a lot of preachers is not doing the right thing. A bunch of false doctrine I call it, right? In independent Catholic society in the world of the body of Christ, right? What is wrong? If a, if a preacher do something wrong from what I understand, this guy was in Canada, he did wrong in Canada, and I never disciplined him, right? As a clergy, as when I was growing up in the church, if a preacher do something wrong, my father do the discipline. The person had to get benched, or how do you get stripped of, of, his, of his position until when everything is over? And if, if they found the person 
But why then to fix that problem? If the founder person is speaking the truth, then they continue going on to the next stage of dealing with that person. Right. That preacher was, he was, for me, he was a, a total of a total occult. I call it a cult. Right. As a preacher, he was not going with the word of God, see? He was not doing the right thing. He was, he was spiritually blinding the people left. Right. And now I see a lot of stuff is going on in the Pentecost world with Christians. Right. What we have to start a question. What is not of God? Right. So this incident that happened in Jamaica with this uh, preacher, um, people lost their lives and people were hurt. Children were held. Police is investigating the matter. Um, what? How do you differ? How do you differentiate between a true religion and a cult? Because given the reference uh, of Jim Jones and Jones Stung in Guyana, where almost a thousand people lost their lives because. They believed in Jim Jones and uh, he gave them the Kool-Aid to drink instead and they willingly took their lives. Yeah. Um, so there are people who until now are they are compelled by these false doctrine preachers. I mean, we have them in Muslims as well. You know, we have race extremism and terrorism uh, where people give the wrong interpretation of the Quran the teachings yeah. of Prophet Muhammad and people go out there and think, oh, we have the right to go and kill and destroy. So how do we differentiate between the true religion and the cult? You see, people have to start reading the Bible more. And I will be, I'll be honest with you. When was the pandemic? Me and my wife started to pick up our Bible more often. And we started to study. When was the pandemic that was shut down? When she said we studied the word of God. And we get more wiser and more, more knowledgeable with the word of God. And anybody come with a line of doctrine, what is not in the word, I challenge it. Right. I challenge it because in every, in every religion, they have, they have a problem. Even, even some preachers, is divorcing the mind over. Right. The word of God is not supposed to do that. Right. We're supposed to marry. It's a commitment, it's a vow, a, a covenant we make unto God. Right. And some of them doing the same thing. I hear, I hear other, even, even other religions say, oh, I could got more than one wife. You better be careful. Because when God ready for you, he's going to judge you in that day. You're only supposed to have one wife, one wife. Go over the word of God. Right. And this is the problem of what we have. In, in the society, in, this, in the churches, right? Because of certain doctrines, teaching. If you don't give me, you're not going to be blessed. Like you're done blessed already. God bless you already. You don't need to give to be blessed. Right. And it's, in, it's, it's, in, it's, it's there. Right. It's supposed to feed the poor. Right. Airport the poor. Right. Do things to the poor. You're supposed to lead the sheep the right way. You as a shepherd, you're supposed to lead the sheep. You're supposed to be compassionate, full of humanity, full of love. And if he's not doing that, something is wrong. Right. So this guy, uh, this preacher man in Jamaica, was he charged or did he 
survive this. He called for a, the end of times. He said there's a tsunami coming and it's the end of time and people will die. So come to the church like the, like the way Noah invited people to enter the ark. Um, how true is this that you have from time to time people calling for the end of the world and say the world will come to an end and they make people empty the bank accounts and, and give up their place of living and their family to come to seek refuge in the church. Um, how true is this? This is true. This is true because now a lot of preachers saying it's the coming of it's the coming of Christ. Christ is coming. I hear many preachers say already the world is ending and then being suicidate. No way that in the Bible it said the world is gonna end by suicide, by suicide. No way. You have to start a question. When preachers say that, you have to start a question them. Question the the reason, the reason, and question what they know. Because they might have a different spirit. What why why call a spirit of uh, of, of deceiving the people that a deceiving spirit. Right? And we have to know now saying, okay, this is not right. And preachers have to call it out. If we sit down and we're not calling it out, and we're not saying nothing, right? We're gonna find the seven, seven find seven trouble on the judgment day with God. God God's gonna hold us responsible on the judgment day if we mislead the people else. Right. And we see it every day, I see it every day, and I say, enough is enough. I'm gonna call them out like I do. If a preacher telling you, and I tell every person, if a preacher telling me, a preacher telling a sister. Oh, you have to bring so much to get blessing. Something is wrong there. You have to sow so much inside the church. Something is wrong there. Right? A preacher's supposed to work. Right? A he-man, everybody's supposed to work. Any religious leader, he's supposed to work. Right? The Bible clearly says, by the sweat of your bowels, you shall eat. The word of God clearly. Work is an act of worship. Right. We have to work and we have to eat. We, we can eat. If we're not working, we cannot eat. Yes. Right. And we have to be careful. And I was tell and it's very it's very it's very sad to see it because the prey on the women them who is single. Not except who have a husband, except who's single. But don't have a husband. Who are very vulnerable to things. The prey on them. Right, and we need to be careful with that. Right. That's so I was back to this incident in the Jamaica, the yeah. the preacher man was telling the, his members that he is God. Mm -hmm. So, do you find this uh, egregious and outrageous that um, a, a preacher can tell his members to call him God, and he has the power to resurrect the dead? No, nobody don't have a power to resurrect that except God, the Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. He's the only one to resurrect us. Nobody. Of course, we know that, but how can he make those things and people actually believe him? Yes, because a people of people is spiritually blind. Well, what I call spiritually blind means they're not, they don't, they, they don't have enough, enough common sense to know when something is wrong and when something is, is right. Right. It's easy to be manipulated, and the majority of the time, it's houses what women, right, would don't have 
a father figure before, right? And they're looking for somebody to be a father figure for them. They're looking to the past to be a father figure. They're looking to the past to be a father figure towards to the children. No, you're supposed to not supposed to look to that. You're supposed to be having enough sense, enough common sense to know that this is wrong. And we have to do it a different way. So in the interlude of since the incident happened at the church there in St. James in Jamaica, and now what have you done so far uh, in terms of either reaching out to that community or your community or, you know, your sermons, your preaching? What have you done so far to show your anger and your upset towards what happened? I started enlightening people with things. I started right. enlightening I started enlightening people with the videos, what I'm saying. I liked it and I said, this, this is wrong. This is not scripturally. It's just like one I see, right, in Africa. He are the people them, and he's beating them. For saying they're going to be more, they're going to, they're going to overcome temptation. It's rubbish, it's garbage, and it's not doctrine. Right, and especially these countries, like Africa and those countries, those are the ones right now we have to start to look at very strongly. The African preachers, they are the ones bringing it into the Caribbean country. The 80%, especially the Nigerians, they're bringing it into the Caribbean country. Yeah, this right. person actually said he went to Nigeria and learned about this. Yes. He was ordained. Right. Of course, we can't paint the same brush with every preacher. <laughs> You know where we were where we were doing the where we were doing the food hampers. There is a Nigerian preacher there, and I yeah. think um, he's a good man. <laughs> um, yeah. He has been distributing the hampers to his congregation. Preacher flavor. Now you have been distributing hampers for the One Love Table, the Table of Mercy, for the last two years. You've been going out distributing to your church members and the seniors. Can you tell us how important that has been as part of your ministry? To, to show that this is the way Jesus would have loved it. He would have, during the pandemic, he would be out here on the streets giving out food because this is what he preached in the Ten Commandments. This is how he washed the ladies' feet. This is how he says the poor will enter the kingdom. Tell us a bit about your ministry, about giving and sharing and helping others. The ministry, what I have, is what God placed in my heart to do. Right, and it's a very good ministry I do. I meet it to the community, right? They, they ask me for help, I reach out to them, I give them the help. And it's able to grow my ministry in a way of people trusting me, right? In the ministry, in the community, saying, you know what? Okay, we can trust Pastor Peter. Okay, he's, he's for us, he's there for us, he's helping us out, right? And I try to educate them in the meanwhile. When they come to me, pastor, this pastor says, so, so, so. I said, look at it properly, pray about it, seek God's face, get an answer from God before you do anything. Right? And there's a reason why, with that, right, it, with, with, your, with your help, I'm able to reach out to people, spread the gospel, educate people what, what the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? Because we need, we need to understand, we need to be enlightened with the gospel. Right. And it's that I do, and it's that what God placed in my heart to do. 
That's why I did it, and I've been very successful in that part of it. Right? If it's not for my wife, I might be, might have a little bit of My wife helped me out a lot with the ministry, to put the ministry out there. Do you have any stories of someone whose life has changed? Let's say they were following the false doc doctrine, entering a cult, um, getting um, duped by false preachers, and you have spoken to them, you have helped them, you have brought them into your ministry, into your church, embraced them in your ministry, and they have had a change of heart. Yes, I have many, many ladies I know, right? I teach them, I educate them with it. I talk to them because some of them were very vulnerable, believing in pastors, believing in, 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 in pastors especially. And so listen, there is a God, we are men, we will fail. Do not look to them. Look to God. Seek God's feet. Father said, so when you're putting somebody up on the pedestal, right, and you get to him, you're going to be, you, you will be a part of that because you create an ant's nest. You understand? You don't need to create the ant's nest. You need to just do the right thing. Educate yourself. Be knowledgeable with the word of God. Some of so, the, so the Bible has the Ten Commandments, and one of it is that thou shalt not tell. And this preacher man was actually the ordering his members to kill other members in the name of the end of time, like the, the apocalypse, and that yeah. he has the power to resurrect the dead. Um, mm -hmm. How do you articulate something like that? Like this, are, people keep saying, oh, this, is this Jamaica? Is this happening in Jamaica? Why? Because Jamaicans, uh, you, you don't hear of such stupid things happening. They're, they're educated people. They're sensible people. They are very, I've traveled to Jamaica more than once. I did a research in the Maroons in Trilani Tongue. I find them very loving and compassionate and educated. Uh, they, they follow Rastafarianism. They follow, they're very religious. Every, they have the most uh, per capita churches in the world. Jamaicans yeah. are very religious. They follow Islam. They follow uh, Rastafarianism. They follow different forms of Christianity. But yet still, this is this is a plague that has happened on the society, just like, you know, Jim Jones had happened to Diana and, and many others have faced similar things. How do you articulate it to people that this is wrong? Like, what do you I, say to them? In a, in a different way. I would say, look at the person, listen to the person, what the person teaches. Go back, take up your Bible, look at the scripture we're teaching us, teaching from. Right? Do your research before you trust it. There's no way you should trust anybody saying that, oh, go and kill this person, he can resurrect the person from the dead. He is not, I mean, he's not God. Right? And it is wrong for a person. A simple point, I can even put my granddaughter. Something is there is wrong because <clears throat> I believe in people being dead. Bewitch, right? They get they get into the they get into it and they get they get bewitched. They mean they're spiritually blind. They're not seeing nothing. It's coming. They can't think for themselves, right? Because of they get spiritual attack, right? And it's happening because I could go to my granddaughter who is three years old and the other one with uh, four years old, and I tell them to do something. They would they, they would ask me first. If my grandchildren could ask me, you understand? Why not use a big person 
Why have you not come enough sense? Why not? You see the man do something? No, 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 no. This is not of God. This is some cult. And you just leave. Leave right away. Right. And the problem is, right, is the government to be blamed for it? Yes, the Jamaican government to be blamed for it. Because some of the politicians was in the, involved in the picture. You understand? They went to visit the church. And when people see that, you understand? People say, oh, you know what? My government is involved, and my government doing this, and my government doing that. My government is the church, you understand? And Bob, he's in it. The person gets the person gets pulling into it. Right. And this person was not a preacher. He was involved in a lot of in a lot of ice stuff. Wickedness in Ice He was involved in Freemasonry. He was a Freemason guy. Right? And this is the reason why when you try to serve two masters, the Bible Christian server tries to serve two masters. You either hate one and despise the other. Right? And you have to you have to hate the devil. You cannot despise Jesus. You have to love Jesus. And if that person does, that was something that should be a red flag to everybody. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar and give unto God what is God. Yes. So, you know, if, if you're talking about how we have faced this dilemma of a human being becoming God, you know, Human beings are creation and God is the creator. But when, if you look at colonialism, they brought to us a white Jesus with a blue eyes and blonde hair. Yeah. And the Rasta man will tell you that, no, Jesus is black. Yeah. And uh, the Muslims will tell you Jesus is a prophet. Yeah. And, uh, and different, uh, there have been different iterations about Jesus, including the Da Vinci. Um, yeah. Uh, version of a black Jesus, which I saw in um, when I visited the Vatican, I think that there was a picture of it. But what I'm saying is that do you don't you think that also our thinking has been based upon colonial our colonialized minds that we can't think for ourselves that a man can be God, God is the creator, man is the creation. Yeah, because the colonialism makes make me in this problem, right? Because of people listen to songs that have been in the colonial days. You understand? I remember one time I was watching, said, oh, this is just of God and this is different. I asked the person, said, did you ever see God? Did you? No. I don't know. I don't know God. I am just worshiping what I know and what the Bible taught me. You understand? And I said, the Bible is clear. It's like, it's, like, it's like a textbook. It's very clear to understand. Right. I said, even the dunce will know. Even the dunce can pick up his laptop and, and let the scripture read to him. You understand? Right. A person don't have a lot of education. They can do that. Right. And we have right. to know what we're supposed to want and what we're supposed to do. This is in the word of God is wrong. We're not supposed to be suffering. We're not supposed to believe in the in these colonial in these colonial colonial days mentality. We're supposed to say, "Here, this is what we're gonna do, and this is what God we must do." And I'm gonna follow the scripture. Okay, I want us to have a little conversation before we close. And I see Pastor Hermine is with us. Hermine, could you open your lines and ask a question or give us your opinion? 
of this, you know, this terrible incident that Pastor Keaton is talking about. Uh, what are your comments to that? Do you have any? Well, uh, first I must say thanks to Pastor Keaton. That's a very, very interesting um, topic. And I also like the way he speaks very honest and open. But my, my um, answer to that a little bit is that the Bible clearly says these false prophets will arise. And this only tells me that the, the, the Lord is coming soon because the, 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 the word is coming to pass. These things, is, they're just a sign of what the Bible is telling us about. Because this guy, I couldn't believe what I was seeing or hearing when I was looking at it. Is this the Jamaica I was born and raised in? I could not believe what I was reading and seeing and hearing. How could people so blind? But again, the Bible told us, many are called, few are chosen. And this man, he really, really got some people at their weak point, as, as the pastor says, they do not know the Bible. If they had known the Bible, I was wondering how could anybody in that church Christian and the Holy Spirit did not even give you a nudge to see that something was wrong. So, but, but uh, Harmin, uh, coming back to that point, you do not know the Bible. Don't we've heard a complaint over and over that the preacher man on Sunday morning do not preach the Bible. He preaches the news and the newspaper and social media and what he did and what he has, but the Bible itself whether it's the King James Version or another Bible or, a, or it's not, people do not get a chance to know what's in the Bible. That's right. And that's what I was saying though. From if anybody, anyone in that church, church know the Bible for themselves, not just him, and you listen to this preacher and he's not preaching the love, he's not preaching repentance, he's not preaching, you couldn't, Pick up something from that. This is this is my thing. The people were blinded. I believe that he had the people um um bewitched or something. Yes, you know, coming back talking about bewitched, I just go back a little history. Uh, when I visited Chilani Tongue, you know, the Maroons lived there, and the Maroons, when they were fighting the red coats, as you know, they destroyed six hundred red coats in the in the seventeenth century. Uh, in the 18th century, sorry, um, the in Jamaica, they used to say that's Obi, right? <laughs> right. The British put it in the minds of people that this is Obi, this is Obi, right? This is black magic. Although there's yeah. no such thing like black magic. So don't you see that the same thing we have inherited from the colonial powers that colonialized us? That we, it's very easy for people to say, you know. They're bewitched, you know, does the devil possess them? They don't have yeah. the spirit, they don't have the Holy Spirit. Well, in that in the in the case of this uh, this this uh, pastor in Jamaica, I don't I don't think it's it's as you said, Obi is <laughs> Obia. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, even that in Jamaica, growing up in Jamaica, born and raised there, um, it was illegal. It will be if the, if your neighbor 
report that you are doing or you went to these people that you get arrested. Those things are illegal in Jamaica. Right. Now, now they are trying to get it legalized. And I'm telling you, this is hell itself because the Bible speaks strongly against these things. Right. And no, we're not supposed to be doing those things. But with him, with the, with the British colonial thing, I let me tell you something. Thank God it was illegal then. And I hope it's still illegal. I hope they do not win that because that's evil. Yeah. So you see, the, the, as you said, the victor gets a chance to rewrite history. In those days when the Maroons were winning the war, they said, oh, you're practicing obey. <laughs> now, now when the, the good Christians are winning the war, you know, the enemies are saying, oh, just uh, just dismiss this one person. You know, he's, he's possessed. Um, we have a, a lot of discernment to do. Back to you, Pastor Keaton. Do you have any comments on what Hermine is saying? I'm talking about this specifically about this thing about being to using this being possessed and bewitched and obey and obey as an excuse to get out of the situation. You know, as a young man when I was growing up, I had family in Guyana, right? I'm a family in Jamaica, right? And they would adopt me. Some of your family Freemasons in the lodge. What they call, they call uh, in Jamaica, they call it, uh, they call it, is, uh, is the name they call it in Jamaica. They're, uh, sure. I heard about it, but I don't know what it is. Lawrence. Okay, it don't call names. Let's go ahead. Right. <laughs> right. And that is the reason why we're in this problem, because some of us, they live in these type of things. We go on find certain type of things, and we does not know what is involved in it, right? And we meet a certain stage because we're in it, right? For me, I do not join certain type of things, right? I do not quit to join, right? With your, with your stuff, it's a charity for people to feed the poor, right? To make the poor be happy and to be well well fed and well, very good, right? Amen. That is Amen. feed the poor. I'm gonna join a food bank. I'm gonna help with the poor. I don't wanna join no, no other organization. What is questionable about, about it, right? Because if you cannot pray, then something is wrong with organization. Amen. Amen. And I call on the Lord. Something is wrong with organization. And I see many organizations. Except for you, Chaplain Abbey, right? With your with your food, with your table of mercy, right? With you, it, you have a very good organization. You open up to everybody, you effort the poor, you effort everybody, right? And there's the reason I said we have to be careful what we join in as preachers. Right. Yes. If we don't be careful, we're gonna find ourselves in these problems because I don't join certain property. I'm sorry, I tell my wife I don't join. I don't know what it looks like, I'm not joining it. I do my research, and when I do my research and it come back to me, I, or I ask God, I say, God, you tell me you want me to do this. And if God come back and tell me in my, in my sleep, or I speak to him, and he come back and I still write the no, don't they? I'm not going to do it. Right, because after, I asked the ministry called Young Life Matter. God placed this on my heart. Right? And it's that I'm doing. 
I even having uh, I even having uh, a, uh, a dinner for victims of gun violence and victims of abuse. Right, I having a dinner for them, mm. and I collaborated two other the two other churches, the two other ministries. I mean, I'm collaborating with them, and we're gonna work together and help out for the people in in, in the community. We will feed them, we will get them toys. Right, and we will do that to, to make them happy. Right, that's why I have my music, our Young Life Model Outreach Ministry, and I focus on that. That is my calling, right? And I press that thing, that is my calling, I focus on that. And I was All right, so we will have to close it at this. And I would like to thank Hermine as well for joining us. And she's also a volunteer like yourself, Keaton, delivering food hampers to the seniors in her church. Uh, I want to thank uh, Fazi for joining us tonight. She is a great uh, a regular donor to the food hamper for the One Love Table every month. Um, this, um, I want to congratulate you, Pastor Keaton. You've come a far way from being a child, growing up in Guyana in the church with your father, coming to Canada, growing up in the church, yeah. going back to Guyana to stay out of trouble, and then coming back later on, having been abducted by a Jamaican mother, and living in Canada, going to welding school, entering as a partnership after you were a DJ. And then most importantly, living the life that Jesus, that Jesus uh, would have wanted you to live, and that is to fight against injustice, yeah. fight against poverty, fight against youth violence, being there for the vulnerable, and you continue to, to do that. And, uh, and the next thing to write, I have to thank God, for a mentor from the from the pastor from the Jesus Only Safe Church in Guyana. He mentored me as a young man, teach me what is right and what is wrong. He's, I think he's still living, I think he must be passed right now. He was inside he, he was a Jamaican and his wife comes from Jamaica and come to come to Guyana. And I thank God for him for the apostolic church, right? For teaching me certain type of things. With, with, I thank God for that because it teaches me responsibility. Right, the part of that, and teaching up of us young men in Guyana, what, what we must be a father and how we must operate in the body of Christ. And I learned that from uh, Reverend Pastor Dawson and from my dad when I come up here. That my dad was with them. When I come up here, I learned, I learned more better from my dad because my dad was so strong in the body of Christ in the new part of the church, and he helped me out. He wronged me with something. He's teaching me. And he always says, watch and know what you're doing. Like he says, someday and somehow, it will come to pass with false preachers, with arc and the wind of doctrine. The Bible is said, what he's supposed to say, the Bible is saying, you know what? Many are caught through or chosen. Right? And we have to know when the time comes. And I thank God for that. Something of it. Okay. And what are your future goals? What my future goal right now is to work on Young Life Mother Outreach Ministry to help out the young people them in the community, right? Get the ministry properly grow. Then my future goal right now is to get the ministry to grow more, more, more bigger, more better, right? So the, my future goal is to plant different ministries in different areas in Toronto, right? Plant Young Life Mother in different areas in Scarborough, in uh, Etobicoke, out in Oshawa, 
Ajax, Pickering, London, all of those far places. I want to start a pushing ministry. Right? They don't want to start a pushing ministry to the Kitchener. Right? All about the one that pushes young life matter outreach ministry. Because God is calling me to a different level, and I'm working towards seeking God's face before I meet to that level. And I'll be honest, I try my best to do what I'm supposed to do for the body of Christ, to educate some of the young men then. Because they are the ones that are very vulnerable right now. They are the ones and the, and the older people then. People in the hood are very vulnerable. And I'm trying to educate them and say, you know what? Look at the, look at the Word of God. Look at the Word of God. If you don't know, go on the laptop, go on your tablet, and let them read it to you. And you will know what the Word of God is. And you can educate yourself. Okay, good. Thank you very much. And um, I'm glad that you joined us this afternoon and this evening. Christmas is coming up and um, it's getting darker earlier than... Uh, we, we, will, we, will, we will have Young Life Mother, Young Life Mother dinner. Right, then I will tell you more about it. And I would like to invite people out to come out and bring any victims of gun violence, any victims of abuse, right? I don't care if the father abused a child or the husband be the wife. I want their victim. They're domestic assault, domestic, mm. domestic violence in the house. So far, you have to start right now. Good. Thank you very much, and uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy, um, thank you for the entire year, for all the good things you have done and you have served. Thank you, Hermine, and everyone else uh, who will be listening. We'll be giving out turkey and chicken um, to the families that we serve from the One Love Table in December, and, uh, and, and hampers as well, and hopefully that we can... Uh, help in a small way in making the lives of families more joyous come this uh, Christmas and this, these holidays that are coming up here in December. Thank you. Good evening and um, salam alaikum, shalom and shanti with each and every one of you. Thank you, Pastor Keaton and everyone else who have joined us this, this, tonight. Thank you, Habib. Thank you so much. God bless you all. Thank God you. Bless. Bye. Good night.